Ursaluya, welcome back. Here we are once again in our lovely downtown studios in Brooklyn, New York. Praise be. Good morning and welcome to The Earth Wants You. I am Savitri D here with Reverend Billy. We have a great show lined up today. The Peruvian plant cutter. The Peruvian, is that a tool? That's an animal. Amen. We have gag here in the house. Gaze against guns. Mm, mm, that's serious. Hallelujah. And yet, lighthearted, keeping the humor and the music, the dancing, <laughs> praise be. But they are, and we have one near us here in the room, L Lou Markert. From Pennsylvania, by way of Minnesota, by way of the West Village, is here to talk with us. Hallelujah. We have, of course, the Florida shooting and the, I would, I would say, an uprising of young people um, on a scale we haven't seen happening right now. They're rushing towards Washington, D.C. Bless DC. them. Bless they, those children. They are waking up in the morning shouting That's at right. Donald Trump. Yes. It, it's... Uh, it really is is a very, a very important moment right now. The earth wants you. Amen. And we have some music. We have the Stop Shopping Choir and Amy Winehouse. Hallelujah. And now I think I'm just getting to that point where I know it's time to just review what's happening on the earth. It's the news for the natural world. Savitri D. Good morning. Plastic pollution is affecting marine life in some of the most remote parts of the Atlantic Ocean, with almost three-quarters of a sample of more than 230 deep-water fish having ingested plastic particles. The contamination level among the fish species located in the northwest Atlantic, thousands of kilometers from land and 600 meters down in the ocean, is one of the highest reported frequencies of microplastic occurrence in fish worldwide. In the United States alone, 85% of unsold apparel, a whopping 13 million tons a year, ends up in landfills instead of being donated or recycled. 85% of unsold apparel ends up in landfills, making the fashion industry the second Evil. largest polluter in the world, right behind oil and gas. Who knew? We should just open the windows and <gasps> shout at the fascistes walking by on the Female sidewalk. mice exposed to a mixture of 23 chemicals used in oil and gas fracking developed mammary lesions and enlarged tissues, suggesting the chemicals may leave breast tissues more prone to cancer. The study, uh, published just yesterday, is the first to examine the potential impact of chemicals used in unconventional oil and gas extraction, such as hydraulic fracturing or fracking and directional drilling on mammary glands and suggests that low levels of the chemical cocktail commonly found near frac sites may spur abnormal development in women's breast tissue. The mammary gland is a hormone-sensitive organ that is responsive to multiple endocrine inputs. It's the latest potential health impact linked to fracking chemicals, which have been associated with low birth weights, birth defects, and reduced brain function in children. The findings are important as more than 17 million people in the U.S. live within a mile of an oil or gas well. Hydraulic fractured wells now account for about half of U.S. oil and two-thirds of the nation's natural gas. Bad news. A ship has made a winter crossing of the Arctic without an icebreaker for the first time. 
as global warming causes the region's ice sheets to melt. The tanker containing liquefied natural gas, that's not ironic. Mm. The tanker containing liquefied natural gas is the first commercial vessel to make such a crossing alone during the winter months. And across the globe, in just eight days in mid-February, nearly a third of the sea ice covering the Bering Sea off Alaska's west coast disappeared. That kind of ice loss and the changing climate as the planet warms is affecting the lives of the people who live along the coast, of course, at a time when the sea ice should be growing towards its maximum extent for the year, it's shrinking. The oh. area of the Bering Sea covered by ice is now 60% below its average. Can you stop the news? I Researchers mean. found that petroleum-based chemicals used in perfumes, paints, and other consumer products can, taken together, emit as much air pollution in the form of volatile organic compounds as we call those VOCs. As much VOCs as motor vehicles do. Mm. The VOCs interact with other particles in the air to create the building blocks of smog, namely ozone, which can trigger asthma and permanently scar the lungs and another type of pollution known as PM2.5. Fine particles that are linked to heart attacks, strokes, lung cancer, and road rage. 40% of the chemicals added to consumer products wind up in the air. 40% of that perfume, people, winds up as smog. A new study published in the journal Scientific Reports found a strong link between higher levels of exposure to a type of radiation called magnetic field non-ionizing radiation and higher risk of miscarriage. What's good? I mean, what, 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 what can I do to... What, they what? found that a woman's miscarriage risk rose from 10% to 24% as she was exposed to higher levels of magnetic field non-ionizing radiation. Uh, the study did not show that non-ionizing radiation, which is given off by cell phones, cordless phones, smart meters, wireless networks, power lines, and microwaves, caused the miscarriages, but it suggests there is a possible link. Four mammals, the hairy-nosed wombat, the central rock rat, the numbat, and the Christmas island shrew <laughs> have been upgraded. And I object to the use of the word upgraded because that makes it sound good. It's not good. They have been listed to endangered or critically oh. endangered on the Australian threatened species list. More than 1,800 plants and animal species are currently facing extinction in Australia, which, as you know, is hard hit by climate change. The Environmental Protection Agency levied around half the average number of penalties against polluters in the first year of the Trump administration, as in the same period of the past three presidential administrations. So half the fines coming from the EPA in just this one year, according to a new report. Peru, wonderful Peru, will designate a new wilderness area, the Yaguas National Park, which will protect millions and millions of There's acres of wow. roadless wilderness good news and the out. indigenous people who rely on it. Among the creatures living in that park, the Amazonian palm viper, oil catfish tapers, and the endangered giant otter, which can be as long as six feet. Watch out. 3,000 plants, 600 birds, and more than 150 mammal species live in the forest, and there are an unknown number of reptiles and fish in those rivers. China has reportedly reassigned over 60,000 soldiers to plant trees in a bid to combat pollution by increasing the country's forest coverage. Good news here. A large regiment from the People's Liberation Army, along with some of the nation's armed police force, have been withdrawn from their posts on the northern border to work on non-military tasks inland. Let, let's the Americans should uh, yeah. match that, right, amen? 
The majority will be dispatched to Hebei province, which encircles Beijing. The area is known to be a major culprit for producing the the notorious smog which blankets the capital city. But what are they going to do about that perfume is my question. The Journal of the American Medical... wearing the perfume? Yes. The Journal of the American Medical Association reported that researchers from the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health have identified 416 cases of advanced black lung disease among coal miners in central Appalachia. Now, I don't know what to say about this. Um, It's been going on for so long. 2018, 2018, and there are miners dying from black lung. A state of emergency was declared in Ethiopia after the resignation of the country's prime minister. And that state of emergency will last for six months. The government seeks to stem political unrest amid long-standing demands for greater freedoms. Uh, In Brazil, the military will take over policing in the great urban Rio de Janeiro until the end of the year. So The militaries are taking over everywhere. Venezuela, we have the same. So... We know what happens when the military takes over. It's usually not good. And that is the uh, unfortunate news from the natural world today. Some <sighs> some mind-blowing stuff there, though. You know, perfume. When you spray perfume on you, you don't think, oh, that aerosol is... You, you think it's... I mean, I don't wear perfume, but um, it, it's interesting to contemplate that it is contributing to <laughs> smog. It's smog. We might have to back all the way down to our, our regular body well, the odors. S- the scientists were asked, what should we do about this? And they said, are the use, as odors, little, actually. Li- use as little as you I can. Export my odor. Right. Package it. Advertise it. <clears throat> I mean, I've long known that the chemical industry, we all know this, fragrance, the, the, the ingredient fragrance is an unregulated. A thick paragraph of of. No, but they can they can just put fragrance, and uh, we don't get to know what's in that. It's an unregulated part of the chemical market. Oh. and so for a long time, just like in the nail po- the nail polish in the '70s was a place where chemical companies would dump waste because it was unregulated. So they could instead of paying to to you know uh, take care of their waste, mitigate their waste, they would just dump it in nail polish. And uh, fracking chemicals are also a repository for these mysterious chemicals. We don't know what they are. They're proprietary. And it's long thought that part of the profit margin is that they can hide their waste. So they don't have to pay to, to, to time mitigate. Time and again, we're up against a, uh, this cowboy attitude where um, there is obviously a victim or many victims in someone's action. This th- These mysterious burying of of chemical wastes in in fracking empty fracking fracking wells um, uh, is one of the one of the one of the big secrets of it's one of the big pollution secrets in the United States right so these we've known about this for years we've been trying to catch them Uh, it seems impossible to regulate right Uh, uh, but, but that attitude they know they know they're getting away with something. They, they know. Right. There's a period of time where they can do this. it, right? I'm Before they get caught. The earth. I'm putting poison in the earth. Somebody comes up in a truck, pumps it down in there, and they get away. And they've been told to do that by their executives. Uh, it's been going on for a long time. And that just, that, that it reminds me of Republicans and their impossible gerrymandering, which is now like, uh, it's 
s the the congressional districts that, that they've written are s are s so irregular. They look they they're algorithmic. They're they're determined by com computers. The uh, Republicans are gathered together in, in to ensure their power. That kind of thing, uh, conscious evil. Well, 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 let's call it something else. But that's that's my first. That's that's where I went the first time. Uh, that's what we're up against on a constant basis. I Certainly agree. The NRA, the NRA. How much proof do they need? Do they need to be killed themselves? I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but I mean I'm just saying. Does it have to be the the children of of that guy with the French name who runs the NRA? What's his name, Louis? Wayne Lapierre. Lapierre. Does it have to be his kid or his grandchildren children that get killed before before it occurs to him that this level of uh, ordinance? can't be easy to have well it's the it's the it's the concept of collateral damage is been widened to such a degree that I, I think when you're in the business of business when you're in the business of making money it's all efficiency it's all the yeah return of the buck, I think we don't know how time, to think outside of that model report it's the speculators that own your company I mean, uh, certainly the, the, the weapons industry is very much locked into that. I heard a commentator say on the, on, the on the BBC the other night say, oh, guns, they're in the American DNA. And I thought to myself, wow. I mean, I've been living in the USA for Was that NPR? my whole, no, on the BBC, BBC, my whole life. And I have to object, actually. That's extreme centrism there. That's, that's what that is. Mm, anyway. Even 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 saying that as a sort of so careless. Truth, just let's go to a song. Amen. Let's let's get out of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's I time need for some that relief. Music now. I need some. Too dark. The human blues.
Welcome back. That was Reverend Billy and the Stop Shopping Choir, The Human Blues, uh, a song about extinction. Um, I'm very happy to introduce our guest today, Lou Markert from Gays Against Guns, also known as GAG. Um, GAG formed immediately after the June 12th mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando that killed 49 people and injured 53. Sorry. Gays mm-hmm. Against Guns is an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ people and their allies committed to nonviolently fighting the forces enabling gun violence in the U.S. on the local, state, and national level. GAG fights for an American... America with dramatically fewer, less lethal guns in dramatically fewer hands. With chapters all over and more forming all the time, GAG works to ensure safety for all individuals, particularly vulnerable communities such as people of color, LGBTQ people, religious minorities, and their significant overlaps. Um, The GAG website has an amazing timeline of mass shootings and gun violence. It's a very helpful resource. Um, and it's just my pleasure to welcome you, Lou, today. Thank you so much for your work. We always start by just asking, what and where is your favorite place on earth? Oh, well, first, thank you for having, uh, thank you for the invitation to bring us here. Amen. Reverend Billy and Satya, thank you very much. It's important. As you know, people know, it happens every day. What's my favorite place on earth? New York City. Right on. I can't. Uh, uh, I, I come love from that Philly. answer. I went to school in Minneapolis. Um, I've traveled all over the world, you know, a moderately uh, experienced traveler. And I love all the places I've been and I've seen, but there's no place like New York City. That's right. Amen. Now we know that the um, gun violence disproportionately affects gay people, yeah. right? And has for a long time. Maybe that's a good jumping off point because I know that's not, that's not the sole work of GAG. Um, you lead with that because there's a reason. Why don't you talk a little bit about yeah, that overlap? You know, I think, I think the, the you know, it's a very broad, you know, the, one of the major problems, one of the difficult things about being a, a part of a community, uh, a population um, that is so kind of has been historically, even today, despite the gains that have been made, um, kind of historically demonized or um, uh, made to feel marginalized or even worse, the crushing burden of shame. Um, we're rare, you know, I watched this documentary many, many years ago that opened up my eyes. It was about the Castro district. And a one woman who was a journalist said, we're the only tribe of people, we're the only group of people who have to find their own tribe, right? So mm-hmm. it begins, gay people begin kind of without uh, fitting in. Um, and, you know, Even with their own family. Even with, particularly with their own families. And that can be, that can be the biggest, the most crushing burden uh, any human can face. And so uh, the, the, the problems in developmental stages with gay people and the pressures and the anxieties that they face uh, and the uh, fear of humiliation and violence um, creates a, an atmosphere where you have to be a very, very strong person to survive without, right. without um, the scars and the potential um, uh, issues of depression and anxiety. Um, a huge proportion of gay, lesbian, and particularly transgender people attempt suicide at least once in their lives. And with the proliferation of weapons, of guns, in the households of people in this country, uh, look, let's face it, uh, when you, most people, well, many people, when they try to commit suicide and they survive, they don't try to do it a second time, right? With guns, 
you never get that chance. Oh my God. Now also we are the most, you know, and this is not the feel good, obviously this is not the feel good hit of the summer, but you know, look, we're also huge even today with people who are afraid of uh, differences or differences that might be a little too similar to what they're thinking themselves will lash out and inflict violence on people they feel are different or strange, yeah. right? And right. trans people in particular, trans women of color are people who are victimized uh, at obscene numbers. Yeah. All right, so that's kind of the, the, the minor overlap. The bigger overlap for, gay, for, for me and for many people, and by the way, there are as many reasons that people get involved with Gays Against Guns as there are members of Gays Against right Guns, on. right? That's so my kind of organization. It's really yeah. great in that you you rub up against people, you hear from people who have things that you never would have thought. <laughs> but I'll tell you something that's really amazing is that the overlap is we've seen what we're witnessing now, we have seen before, okay? We've seen the manipulation of people, the intersection of power mongering, profiteering, and public policy mm. has happened continuously in this country and never more vividly than when we were fighting for our lives during the AIDS That's crisis right. and now. That's right. We watch people making, particularly people in government, particularly leaders in government and elected officials, doing egregious and horrific things to aid and abet the slaughtering of children in this country now. That's right. For money and power. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's kind of my initial rant. Well, about you know, it. so Wednesday oh. at the, just hours before the Parkland shooting in Florida, yep. a group of um, gag activists were in D.C. at the Hart Senate building. Yep. Tell us about that, the Bloody Valentine action. Yep. We, we uh, you know, we are a direct action group, and direct action means we, it's not about writing letters. It's not about developing policy positions, although we have to be aware of mm -hmm. those things. And we have to have a reasonably good knowledge of what's going on. But what we try to do is confront things in a uh, kind of uh, a fabulous way. And so some <laughs> of it is through song, through uh, uh, our, our friend Mark Ladorf, who is uh, uh, the founding member of Sing Out Louise, who has written these magnificent song parodies. And then we also do some street theater. And one of the things we, and we also do die-ins, and we also do direct confrontation. Um, one of our key, uh, and I'll, I'll get to the, to the actual specific uh, event, but one of our, I think one of the most moving things that we have and the thing that sticks in the minds of many people, and it's been kind of, um, it's moved a great many people are our human beings, and they are uh, white-clad, veiled, and silent people who um, represent specific victims of gun violence. I saw them the first time at Pride um, almost two years ago. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've I've gone as I've been a human being myself, um, and uh, it's um, you know when you read the stories of these people, it's really kind of heartbreaking. But um, one of our uh, direct actions was to go down to uh, we developed this um, kind of uh, uh, kind of short street theater piece called uh, uh, the Bloody Valentine, which is uh, uh, this kind of Trump drag queen being courted by the NRA, uh, uh, being kind of uh, courted kind of um, uh, kind of really intently 
Uh, and we delivered a Valentine, a bloody Valentine, to Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who was one of the most egregious NRA puppets that uh, exists. Personally, you went up to his door? Yep, we went into his office um, in the Hart Senate building, and we delivered it uh, as a group, and we stood there until we were told to leave. Then we went uh, down into the uh, uh, the courtyard of the Hart Senate office building in the middle. And by, I don't know if you've ever been there, but the yeah. Hart Senate office building is a big atrium, and it's about three or four floors, and the senator's offices cir- uh, circle each of these. A little like a mall. It's like a mall. It's like a mall of, it's like a, <laughs> you know, commerce. It's like, that's why it was so inspiring to the yeah. Stop Shop Inquirer when we were there. We <laughs> yeah. said, this is familiar. You, only have, you don't, you don't oh, buy shoes. Right? You don't buy shoes or you don't you buy, buy clothes. You buy, you buy votes. You buy Congress <laughs> people, right? You buy senators. Anyway, we went in there, and we sang, and we did our thing until some of us were arrested. I saw on your Facebook page it said, uh, the truth is there needed to be 200 of us in there. It's time for people who are deeply angered by our epidemic of gun violence to start putting bodies on the line. Getting arrested for nonviolent civil disobedience may seem scary, but it's not as scary as more guns in more hands in more places. It's, I, I could not have put it better. And what's reassuring, as horrific as the death of 17 more children and teachers... What's more horrific than that, um, what's great is that now it seems, and I don't know how long it's going to last, it seems like the worm has turned and people are starting to get frustrated. That young lady who was a student uh, who who spoke uh, in front of the cameras the other day, um, articulated things that we've been saying for a very right. long time, right. and we just we can't understand how it's possible. Well, I'll tell you what, on a personal level, if I may, please. Um, my, you know, I'd been horrified by gun violence on a personal level, although I've never been affected by it personally since Columbine. Yeah. But what kind of put me into a place that was completely apart from anything I'd experienced for before was when I watched the Senate of the United States in full view of the surviving members of <laughs> families of the children of Newtown vote down even the most mundane gun safety laws. And all the President of the United States at the time, Barack Obama, could do was stand there and cry. It was at that point that I realized and I think it prefaced what we're facing now, that the government of the United States has been taken over and that we are facing a crisis of unimaginable proportions. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I, I mean, I, you, you think every time the sea changes now, it's happening. I mean, it, it is a little different this time. I think there were hundreds of people in front of the NRA in Fairfax, Virginia. Mm-hmm. No surprise that that's Virginia where, the, where they have their headquarters. Open carry. Yeah. I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time in Virginia. Machine guns. It is not a place you can even Main mention. Yeah. You, know, you just can't even talk about it. But um, I, I, I know the kids are planning a March 24th, yep. a, a national day for students and children to come out. And, and I, I mean... How can we ignore that? How can we ignore that? This is the stuff of, of like magical lore. We talk about children's marches. It's an uprising. That, you know, it's an by uprising children. by children. Well, you know, um, you know, somebody, it's, it's ironic that out of the mouths of babes, I guess, right? That's the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm very thankful that, that, that they are behind it and that they understand what the problems are um, and that, you know, 
when you go to school and you seek a place that's safe to try to learn. That's right. Uh, and you fear for your lives. I mean, it's ridiculous. If, if, if I could just say something about the thing that's frustrating, the, the thing that we've run up against, and I was so thankful to this young lady seemed to, you know, she was holding her, um, her political science advanced placement paper right. in front of her when she was reading. <laughs> that's where her notes were. So I was thankful that she was, you know, I was like, this woman is, this, this young lady is, is She's on top of it. She's on top of it. I was really, very, very grateful that she was she, that I knew that she knew what she was talking about, and that's the power of education. The thing that's amazing to me, and it's ama- it's been amazing to me for years, is the NRA and the gun lobby have taken great steps in a thousand different ways to mm-hmm. either stop decent gun legislation mm-hmm. or to make it easier for people to buy weapons. Right. All of this is to just float their bottom line. They make cold cash putting hot lead into warm bodies. And it, they ah. use that money, they use that money to buy wow. puppetry in Washington, D.C. <sighs> now, the que- they say to us, they say to us, and this is really important, they say to us, you know, it wouldn't work. Gun legislation wouldn't work. It will never work. If it, it does, work, it, it, it does. It goes, Connecticut, it's gone down yeah. in one year, it went yeah. down 80, 80 deaths yeah. by gunfire. When, when the legislation is there and it's enforced, right. the results are immediate. Right, and here's the problem, though. They know that, and so they take every effort. They know that this is a problem. But how do they hide that, though? How I do mean, they hide that? How the do they hide that, that the, the response in life, in the field, mm-hmm. is so immediate to successful gun legislation? Deaths go down. Yeah, well, because they're— How do they hide that? They're, they're great with—they're great with— the ability, I think they understand that fear is a greater motivating factor mm-hmm. than anything else. People, va- people fear loss, and this has been, by the way, this is a scientific thing. Humans, the human being values loss greater, fears loss greater than they value gain. So they're going to take more steps to protect themselves, to avoid loss than they are to take a risk to experience some But gain. that's exactly what's going to take them down because the fear that's of exactly loss right. is what's happening in our schools. That's exactly right. And people are coming, they're highly energized, yeah. and they're on the right side. And they're on they're the right the side. They're doing the right thing, yeah. And so it's a good time, but it has to be, you have to be able to stay on top of it forever. And you have to tolerate tiredness and fatigue. Uh, you know, for those of us, and there are many people in our group who were active in the uh, in the uh, ACT UP right. uh, 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 AIDS crisis movements back in the 80s and the early 90s and it's really just about riding the wave yeah. but it's time to take action if I can just put out a warning please to our friends and neighbors and listeners please it's going to make us a, it's going to excite our fear uh, no I ho- <laughs> hopefully it may right <laughs> if you can if you can hear if you can hear what I'm saying and, it, and you can just act on it right okay. over the long term here's the problem all right the problem isn't that now, the problem isn't that they won't do anything. I think that, they, that something will happen. But the danger is the devil, if you will, Reverend, the devil <laughs> is in the details, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they'll pass something that will be toothless and full of holes right. and won't do a thing mm-hmm. to stop mm-hmm. the gun violence. Mm-hmm. And then when it continues, the NRA and their puppets in Washington will point to it and say, See. I told you so. Right, right. So you have to look at these laws carefully. You mm-hmm. have to understand them, and you can't listen 
to the mass media mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, common sense. The real media, you and me, talking and listening, right? This is what we've been talking about for years. I talk to you, you talk to me. I listen to you, you listen to me. We're the this most is where the media right this here. This is where wisdom this lies. Is this is where knowledge lies. This is where our growth c- can come from now. Mm-hmm. Um, a quote from, from one of the survivors. I am burying my best friend next week. I grew up with him. I flew in last night crying on the plane. This is my birthday. I can't even celebrate that I'm 19 today. I lost one of my best friends because of something that could have been stopped. I always think about... Uh, the parents and the family standing there around those schools waiting to find out what happened to their child. And I think this isn't just because I have a child. I felt this way at Columbine, you know, thinking, what is that when you put everything you have into a being, into another being, and then one day you get that call. Now, I know life isn't safe. I've never lived a safe life. I'm a wild person. I promote wildness all around me. Um, I'm not a safe person, but I do believe that going to school should be safe. I do believe that learning is the opposite of fear. I know these things, right? And as, as, a, as a human being on earth, I feel it's important that we enforce those things. We say, say schools have to be safe. Yeah. You know, my dad was, my, uh, my father, uh, my late dad was a, was a teacher for 35 years in a, in a uh, uh, junior high school in, in uh, Bristol, Pennsylvania. And he always said to me, um, he said, you know, I used to love to go to school because it was a place that was above the world. You know, he grew up in Depression-era Philadelphia. It was a place above uh, where I was in life. Mm, there was uh-huh. a possibility there, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, yeah. um, you know, so, and I, you know, his love of learning and his love of knowledge and uh, his insightfulness about the workings of politics in particular um, really uh, uh, made a lot of... Uh, made a difference in my life, and so I just I'm, I'm appalled that that this kind of profiteering and bizarre kind of murderous pornography has gotten into our schools right. and is affecting children. At th- there's no period of life more anxiety ridden than youth. Yeah, because you have no control over anything already. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Already yeah. before, yeah. Right? and you seek some structure, even if you want to be kind of a I don't know if I use this word, a badass, you still seek some structure in the schools you go to Mm -hmm. because there's an opportunity for you to learn and to Mm -hmm. improve. And yet Mm -hmm. you go into a place and you're afraid that somebody's going to walk in there with a semi-automatic assault weapon and blow you away. So let's talk about tactics. Um, You know, you said that there are people in your group from ACT UP. Now, we have always looked to ACT UP. They are our leaders still. I'm grateful every day for the work that ACT UP did. Um, much of it unsung, I must say. And just a little plug, there's a, the ACT UP archive. You can access it online. I like to watch it in the wintertime. Magnificent. Couple. It's incredible. The stories, you, you just, you can't believe the stories. Anyway, yep. some of the tactics of ACT UP, you know, uh, really escalating yep. and, and the drama. The and ashes the, of friends on, yeah. the, on, the, on the desk. Pouring so. ashes, like really pushing these boundaries around death and expectations and I'm also using the fabulousness of gayness which I think is just so smart and wonderful um talk to us a little bit about gags tactics and how you organize yep so uh I mean I I think I'm probably among the the gag kind of core team I'm probably the least fabulous person I've been (laughs) I've been accused of being kind of just a little too Lou that sweater is fabulous isn't it fabulous Um, I think so it's a sham I'm on like a podcast because nobody can nobody can see it (laughs) that's the problem I'd prove all my 
the video camera. Oh, I am there. I'm wearing my your sweater is going out to the world. So the world can't see it. Anyway, so you know, I think you know. So primarily, you know, there's an aesthetic element to it, right? And I think that was clear from the very beginning. Um, and our our merch queen, uh, Mary Gustafson, who's uh, um, uh, a fabulous uh, fashion designer um, uh, in Brooklyn. Um, uh, and uh, what's her name again? Mary Gustafson. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, 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 Tigger Ferguson, who oh, was uh, wow. um, Tigger was uh, Gustafson Ferguson. Yeah, right. it's a Tigger's lot. Tigger's a legend, people. And you're from Minnesota, yeah, I'm right? From Minnesota. So I recognize these, these are my these, neighbors. These are your neighbors. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you know, from the very outset, the the aesthetic element was a big thing. So the, uh-huh. the fabulousness and the the uh, confluence of both fabulousness and design, gravitas. And somberness, um, being equal parts mm. fabulous and thoughtful, I think is probably the unique kind of mark of gaze against guns. Now, yes. In terms of confrontation, we've done, as I've mentioned, we've done the Bloody Valentine Street Theater. We've raised our voices in song with Sing Out Louise and Mark Ladorf. We've um, presented ourselves as living, quiet. Uh, embodiments of people who have died Um, and we've also gone and as far as we know we're the only uh, direct we're the only gun violence prevention organization that's ever gotten arrested in the Hart Senate office building twice once even and we're the only group that's ever gone to gun shows in Pennsylvania so brave so I've gone you're going right to the gun shows we went right to the gun shows and I must tell you this I'll tell you this uh, you know I went as a I went as a human being I went to be Silent and quiet, and stand outside of oh the uh, outside of the gun show location. But the um, silence didn't quite go ahead. But I, <laughs> there was a point at which I had to kind of move behind the van and kind of. I, I had saw, to I saw the punchline there. Yeah, <laughs> I had to kind of move behind the van and uh, uh, take off my veil and uh-huh. kind of uh, step out again and start handing out papers and talking to people uh-huh. because yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. If you are going to make any kind of change, and it may not be dramatic and it may not be vast, but talking to these people at the very location, you get to see who they are mm-hmm. and you get to conf- talk to them. And we weren't being harsh and confrontational. We were going there in an effort to just say, listen, you may think this is part of your culture, and it may be part of your culture, but you're putting yourself in more danger by having a weapon in your house than you know. Mm-hmm. And we we're specifically looking to, to give these things out to women because women are the are the victims of domestic yes. violence. Yeah. And when a gun is involved, that domestic <coughs> violence is going to be deadly. That's right. It's going to be deadly. So now, these are the things we do that are that are above and beyond, I think, what your standard gun violence prevention uh, group yeah. will do. And I think what you're starting to see now are people going, and this is apropos what I said earlier about, uh, about the Senate voting down sensible gun legislation while the families of the slaughtered children from Newtown there. were standing right there. It says to me, and it says to most people, your government doesn't has ceased to function. It doesn't care. It has been hijacked. Yeah. So when people say, do you want to foment revolution, right? If you're a member of the resistance, which Gays Against Guns is, and was before the resistance happened, if you're a member of the resistance, do you want to foment revolution? And I always say to them, dude, the revolution has happened, and we've lost. Oh yeah, right. The so it's time to get off your ass and get serious. Yeah. These people only respond. Can I just say? Can I just let me Amen. just let me just let me just thank you. 
Uh, We're I, with you. You know, I came from Minnesota. You think I, I was Lutheran? Suddenly, I'm Baptist. What is that about? So, but I, I went the same route, brother. Yeah, yeah. Let me just let me just say let me just say something else to you about about just some things I learned in the course of my professional life when I had to take this class in in it was a class in in um, fraud detection. I, I worked in a in uh, an organization where I had to deal with. Uh, um, um, I was a data analyst. I am a data analyst, but I had to do things looking for anomalies that, uh, and interviewing people and acquiring data, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The point that I'm <laughs> making is I had to take a continuing professional education class in, um, uh, in fraud detection and in interviewing techniques, mm -hmm. right? And I learned this thing. They call it the fraud triangle, the fraud triangle. I love it because um, it's reframed every way I look at most people. Uh, and it says... You know, there are three things. That's why it's the tri triangle. Three little points, right? Um, opportunity, pressure, and rationalization. Mm. If you have a confluence of those three things, wow. generally, you're going to make a really bad decision. Yeah, man. So, for example, somebody is underpaid, um, maybe even exploited, treated poorly. They have somebody who is ill at home. They have lots of bills. And they are responsible for a till and a cash machine. Yeah, bad combination. Right. There's the opportunity. There's the opportunity. The pressure is there, and your <laughs> boss is underpaying you and treating you like God. garbage. What are you going to do? <clears throat> so the only reason I raise that is because this is the environment the politicians face every day. Right, They right. make the laws. So right. the opportunity is always there for them to make the wrong ones. They're constantly under pressure from um, lobbyists and money and politics. Um, and, you know, rationalization is, you know, nobody's paying attention. How do we break that triangle? You pay attention. Pay attention. Right? And what do you do? You, you, for, you make the pressure on the politicians greater than the pressure of the money. They can put up with being embarrassed in their office if it's kind of out of sight. Well, most of the time they don't show up to their office. Now, That's right. I don't know That's if you guys remember this. We, but we only dealt with receptionists when yeah. we went there. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, well, here's, here's <laughs> a, and you know what, and also, I don't think like, we met one of the kids, of the like, poor kids, right, who have to deal with this, but I'll, you know, I'll tell you what, this, I don't know if you recollect this, but this was something that I remember from years ago, and I remember being, like, amazed, and that was Dan Rostenkowski, who was a Democratic uh, representative from Chicago. From Illinois. Or, or from Illinois. Yeah, from Chicago, Illinois. And he was responsible for the House Ways and Means Committee. And this was back in the 80s. This when they before he was kicked out of Congress. Before he was kicked out of Congress, <laughs> right. Well, he was going to, uh, they were going to enact some law that uh, reduced the benefits for uh, either Social Security or Medicare. I can't remember what it was, both. Um, and that, uh, when this was going on, you had a pack. A, like a pack of senior citizens who found him and chased him to his car and surrounded that car in front of the cameras wow. and wow. stopped him from going anywhere. There you go. Show and that up. was huge. Now, <coughs> that's the thing. We had people, uh, Rise and Resist and other groups, who went out to engage. This is where we try to make the confrontation real, where you go and you take it to these people and you make it known that we know you. We know what you're doing, and we're going to find you, and we're going to get you voted out. That breaks into the triangle. Right. Show it up, breaks people. into the triangle. You have to exert pressure greater than the pressure of the money. Well, now, what about what the San Francisco Gay Chorus did, canceling their fancy European tour because they had to come back to the red states and sing to the people who vote for these people that vote for gun law, uh, the wrong gun laws? 
I wasn't aware of that, but I must tell you this. I, I will tell you this about song. I was, I was uh, about the power of, because I'm a little bit not skeptical. I used to, th- I, I would, I, I would, I believe in, you know, I used to believe in strictly very robust and very kind of, you know, kind of tough um, methods and tactics. What I recognized, particularly with the use of song and gays against guns and other organizations, is it gives people, particularly if you hand out lyrics, gives people an opportunity to move from being a spectator to a participant. And then it's complex. Then all kinds of doorways open. All the kinds of doorways uh, open. Your previous beliefs are in question in a funny way. And if you're good, if you're good with your lyrics, as is Mark Laydorf, uh, who wrote these, these fantastic song parodies, um, you see people's faces change, and they walk away with these little sound bites, little earworms that just dig into the mind uh-huh. and yep. never let go. That's important. Never let go, people. You've, we've been talking to Lou Markert from Gays Against Guns, uh, doing amazing work. Thank <coughs> you, Louis, for being here with us. Please Thank check so out their website. Me. There's a lot of resources there. www.gaysagainstguns.net. And now we're going to listen to Amy Winehouse. Gaysagainstguns.net. Say I told you so and if I ever heard you I hurt myself as well Now is there any way for a man to carry on Do you think I want my loved one gone? Said I love you more than you ever know, more than you ever know. Too much money. You know where my paycheck went. I brought it all home to your baby. I never spent one percent. Now is it any way for a man to carry on? Do you think I want my loved one gone? Said I love you more than you ever know. Oh, more than you ever know. Now, I'm not trying. Just any kind of man 
Oh, Amy Winehouse. Oh. That woman. We miss her. Lou and Amy together just kind of changed this radio show. I yeah, think. I want to thank Lou and and Gag for their work. I really do. It's it's um it's hard right now to to figure out what to do, and they're helping us. And speaking of that, I you know I heard this amazing new technique for facial rejuvenation yesterday. What you do, and I know you people is think I'm obsessed with is this. That speaking to the issue, facial rejuvenation. You take marbles, marbles, glass marbles like you used to play with. You put them in your gloves. Okay, <laughs> you put uh -huh. them in your gloves, and then you just you rest your face in the marbled gloves, and you start rubbing. You just rub, 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 and you push hard. It's got to hurt a little bit, and you rub. And don't forget to get your nose and your eyes like rub, 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 facial rejuvenation. And as far <laughs> as I know, <laughs> what this is free. This is a free product. Okay, you can do this. And oh, they also say it helps if like you put a scent in there too, because then it like opens the pores, I guess. And I think this is like a surreal QVC channel <laughs> interruption. I'm telling you of our most serious radio show ever. I haven't actually done it yet because I don't I have just any wish marbles. You hadn't done this. But I'm gonna find some marbles and do that. Um, I trust you. Extinction's Got Talent. To co-host with you, I trust you. <laughs> I've been around. I, I, Peruvian maybe plant cutter. The Peruvian plant cutter is a beautiful bird from, that's right, Peru. It's a sexually dimorphic what? and foliverous. And for those of you who don't know, foliverous means leaf eating. Very rare amongst flying vertebrates because it takes a while to digest a leaf. And that weight in your belly when you're a bird makes a difference in your flying. Who knew? So foliverous, <clears throat> very rare amongst don't talk flying vertebrates. Don't, don't, <laughs> the Peruvian don't plant cutter is foliverous, though, and uh, it lives in the scrub and woodlands of northwestern Peru. It is threatened, like many of our animals, by habitat loss. And hear the sound of the Peruvian plant cutter. My aunt Emma <laughs> sounded like that, you know. Sorry. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't. I mean, yeah. Let's bring the, back the Peruvian this plant bird. cutter, yes. the foliverous Peruvian plant cutter. Sometimes our dedication to humor clashes directly <laughs> with these Sorry. heavy subjects oh, that we're raising. We all need a laugh. That's all. Amen. Praise be. Oh, it's time to say, it's time to say goodbye for now, but we're inviting everybody to start something anew. We want to join you in saying hello to a new kind of intensity. We just felt in our, in our radio show here, we just felt the the collision of humor with extinction. That's the kind of place we have to go to or the old categories collapse. And the fact is that we have to now approach people the way Gag walks into the door of a United States congressman and just does not stop. 
We have to press forward with a lack of fear because we are actually changing not just the laws, not just the language, not just the culture. We are going up to individuals and changing their psychology. We're changing their souls. We have to go inside of people now and, and be a mechanic. We have to go in there past their defenses, past their pleading, past their eyes and their waving fingers and go right into their hearts. And we have to say, we want to survive now. We will survive now. You will survive with us. And to do that, we have to change ourselves. It's a quasi-religious transformation that we have to go through now, children. We have to change. We have to give back to the word change, which has been stolen by every product and every half-assed politician going down the road. We have to take that word back. Change is real. It's ecstatic. It's painful. It's a complete shock. We have to go into the manufacturers of guns, go into their offices. We have to follow them home, and we have to walk back to their cars with them, shouting at them, singing to them, making love to them. We have to change them. We have to find out how to do it, and it's going to shock us. It's going to change us. We're changing everything now. Yeah. Amen, hallelujah. The Amen. earth wants us to. Yeah. The earth is demanding. The, the earth wants us to live. The earth is life. Life wants life. That is our radicalism now hooking in. It's not going to change now. The children are coming up from Parkland, Florida. They're coming to Washington, D.C. And we, each of us, is going to go to our local school, go to our local electeds, go to the loved ones who've been violent. We are changing the people around us and changing ourselves. Yes. Somebody give me a change-a-looyah. 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 Change